What do you have in common with Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Barbara Corcoran, and Howard Schultz, founder of Starbucks? Before you respond with a resounding absolutely nothing, let me ask you a few questions. Do you ever feel you don't belong in your job or your position because you're not really qualified? Surely everyone can see that. Do you ever sit in a meeting and wonder, what am I doing here? Not because you're bored to tears, but because you think you're not qualified to be part of this impressive group of people gathered to discuss this important issue or problem. Deep down, do you think it's luck, not skill, that has gotten you where you are today? Well, join the club. Lots of other people are feeling the exact same thing. Don't lose sight of the fact that lots of the people sitting in that same room with you are feeling the very same thing. You've got a lot of company. Albert Einstein famously said, the exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held helps makes me feel very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. That's Albert Einstein we're talking about. We're going to take a look at this phenomenon known as imposter syndrome today, what it is, how prevalent it is, and most importantly, how you can get rid of it and be the confident self your abilities really dictate. I've got quotes and mentions from about a dozen other successful people sprinkled throughout this talk who all suffer from the same affliction of imposter syndrome. Make sure you stick around until the end when we discuss the one really simple tactic that will help you get rid of these self-doubts. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, the place where you go for all the latest business intelligence if you work and manage or have responsibility for the accounts payable and or payment function. A little background now. The term imposter syndrome first entered our conversations in 1978 when two Georgia State University psychologists, Pauline R. Clance and Suzanne A. Imes, defined imposter phenomenon as an internal experience of intellectual phoniness. Today, we might say folks who have imposter syndrome feel as though they are a fraud and are feeling others. Despite evidence to the contrary, those experiencing this phenomena do not believe they deserve the success they have or the luck. While their original work focused on women, today we know that men also experience this feeling of inadequacy. How widespread is it? Experts estimate that at least 80% of the population experience it at some time or another. Barbara Corcoran, the New York State real estate magnate who's now a Shark Tank regular, wrote on Instagram, even when I sold my business for $66 million, I felt like an absolute fraud. Consider this, if you were invited to that meeting, asked to give a talk at a conference or other group setting, given a promotion or recruited for a job, there is a reason for that. Someone else has seen something in you that you are failing to see yourself. Be that as it may, if you feel that way, you feel that way. How can you get rid of that feeling? Keeping it from stopping you from achieving all that you are capable of? I did a little research, actually a lot of research, and I'm here to share the techniques the experts recommend to rid yourself of imposter syndrome. Step one, acknowledge that you have the problem. Comedian Tina Fey from Saturday Night Live said in a longer quote on the topic, I'm a fraud. Oh God, they're on to me. I'm a fraud. Anytime you start thinking that, you shouldn't apply for a job because you'd never get it or you're not really qualified. Wonder what you're doing at a meeting or why you're being given a promotion or anything of this sort. 
recognize your feelings of inadequacy for exactly what they are. Imposter syndrome. You do belong there. Your opinion matters. You should apply. Now, here's a fun fact. While it is widely quoted that men apply for a job when they are 60% qualified for that job, while women only apply if they're 100% qualified, this statistic no longer holds water. Research shows that men apply when they're 52% qualified and women apply when they're 56% qualified. So you can see kind of more or less on the same uh, playing field, if you will, now. Step two. Consciously realize you have tons of company. Cheryl Sandberg says that even that every time she took a test, when she was at Harvard, no less, she was certain she had flunked, and she certainly hadn't. Remember, over 80% of your peers experience this, although few will actually talk about it. Sometimes just by realizing that you are in good company makes the problem more manageable. Lady Gaga says, I still sometimes feel like a loser kid in high school, and I just have to pick myself up and tell myself that I'm a superstar every morning so I can get through the day and be what my fans need to be. So remember, you're a superstar. Step number three, stop trying to be a perfectionist. You can't be an expert at everything. I was at a conference for publishers a few years ago, and the question came up about when it was okay to release a new newsletter. Did it have to be 100% perfect? Now, the speaker was the CEO of a very large publishing uh, company, and his answer was short and to the point. He said, no. Well, how close to perfect does it have to be? The questioner wanted to know. Now, I was sitting there feeling pretty proud of myself as I thought 95%. I'd let it go when I thought it was 95% of where I wanted it to be or where I thought it would ultimately be, and that I could tweak it a little bit as time went on based on audience reaction. 80%, he responded, and the whole audience gasped, not just me. But you know what? He had learned that you could get further along by not being a perfectionist about everything. Now, I'm sure I'll never get to the 80% level, but I'm working on it. Step number four, when you're in imposter syndrome mode, analyze how you are feeling. When you say you're not qualified to apply for a job or you shouldn't be in a meeting, or you're simply af- are you simply afraid or are you being modest? There's no need to be modest when the conversation is going on all in your head. If it's fear talking, then remind yourself of your successes. Howard Schultz, founder of Starbucks, said in a New York Times interview, very few people, whether you've been in that job before or not, get into the seat and believe that they are now qualified to be CEO. They're not going to tell you that, but it's true, he said. So that's at the CEO level. Step five, talk about it with someone you trust. Not someone who always sees the negatives, but someone you respect and someone who will help build your confidence. So while your family may think you're great, Uh, And they may be always telling you how wonderful you are. If they don't know what your work situation is, they may not be the best to to help you with this. Arianna Huffington says it's uh, much better than I could. She said, the greatest obstacle for me has been that voice in my head that I call my obnoxious roommate. I wish someone would invent a tape recorder that we could attach to our brains to record everything we tell ourselves. We would realize how important it is to stop this negative self-talk. It means pushing back against that obnoxious room weight with a dose of wisdom. Now, you may remember, Arianna Huffington founded the Huffington Post, which was sold for $315 million. Now, 
Before we get to the next step, I want to share with you a list of a few more people you may have heard of who have publicly admitted to having imposter syndrome. Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Agatha Christie, Michelle Obama, John Steinbeck, and Natalie Portman, who spoke to the class of 2015 at Harvard when they were graduating and said, Today, I feel very much like I did when I came to Harvard Yard as a freshman in 1999. I felt like there had been some sort of mistake, she said, that I wasn't smart enough to be in, the, in this company and that every time I opened my mouth, I would prove that I, w- I was, wasn't just, I was just a dumb actress. Okay, so not true, obviously. Step six, be brave. When a new opportunity presents itself, don't let fear get in the way. Say yes. Jump in with both feet, even if there are parts of it you are unsure of. A number of years ago, I was invited to be on a board. A good friend of mine asked me, did I know what to do? Because she didn't know. I said, no, not exactly. But in the beginning, I'll just sit there and be quiet and watch what, every el- when el- we watch what everyone else is doing. And that's what I did. Although sitting there being quiet probably didn't last more than 15 minutes. It wasn't difficult at all. But the unknown always seems unsurmountable. And often a little bit of knowledge goes a really long way. Part of being brave is being assertive. We recently had an expert join us to share some tips on becoming more assertive, which you can watch right now using the link that has appeared on your YouTube screen and is in the description below. As always, I appreciate your likes, your comments, your shares, and your subscribe.